Hello, everybody. Welcome to Catfish Weekly. This is episode 40. Uh, tonight's topic, we're going to be talking uh, fish patterning. Uh, we're hoping to have Jody Beaven, the winner of uh, the 2014 Monsters on the Ohio, on. Uh, we're having some technical difficulties getting him on, so uh, he might be able to jump in the show. He might not. We're going we're gonna to hope that he does. If he doesn't, we'll try to get it all worked out and have him on next week. Uh, but before we get going, I'm going to turn it over to Lyle. We got some things we need to talk about, and uh, I'll let Lyle get that get that going. So, Lyle, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Normally, we don't start out like this, but uh, last night the catfishing world lost a great ambassador to our sport uh, with the passing of Ron Workman. Our condolences go out to the family. Ron was a great guy. Loved catfishing his motorcycles and. Uh, I'd fished with Ron in Indiana and Wisconsin and Tennessee and Missouri and uh, we had just been visiting with him about making plans. Him and Chris was going to be uh, going to the Monsters of the Ohio to, um, next year in 2015 and I'm not quite sure that uh, uh, Kentucky would be ready for all that but uh, you know it would have been a blast. He would have had a good time and everybody would have enjoyed him very much. To, uh, Ronald was all about catfishing and selective harvest. Uh, he liked to eat his catfish, but he always returned to big ones. Um, having kids and grandkids, uh, he always wanted to make sure that that uh, those those fish would be there for them to catch in the, in the future. And uh, just wanted to uh, mention the fact that Ronald was going to be missed by all of us and and uh, the catfishing world in general. And uh, uh, we'd be praying and thinking about him and his family. And uh, as this tough time goes through to them. Yeah, um, you know, on, on to the a little bit more about Ron. Um, I'd say just about anybody who ever met the guy would know that uh, it, it didn't matter if he knew you or not. He'd come up to you, talk to you. He'd probably have you laughing or smiling in the first five minutes, almost guaranteed. He, yeah, he absolutely. Was, he was that kind of guy, uh, um, you know, just a really good-natured, good-humored, good old boy from here in Indiana. Um, you know, definitely loved the sport of catfishing, loved being around other people. Uh, it's really a, an all-of-a-sudden kind of thing, so it's, I'm sure it's even that much more difficult for the family, and, and I know that, you know, I, I'm... Like I told Chris and anybody else that that would need somebody to talk to or anything, I'm I'm here for him. I'm sure Lyle would be there for him, Chuck Absolutely. as well. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a great loss. I, I hope that uh, I hope that uh, you know, Chris and stuff stays in contact, keeps keeps uh, keeps watching the show and everything, and and we'll definitely get out and do some fishing together. And, well. But, uh, Ron and I become great friends over the last few years, and uh, uh, anybody that followed either one of us online would know that uh, we went at it about the Cardinals and the Cubs, and and it was all in great fun. I actually got messages from people uh, the last year or two about, my God, so is that guy really that mad at you, or you guys are going to be into it, or whatever, and, and I'd send him, copy and paste those, and send them to him, and uh, he'd laugh about it, and they didn't understand that we had a 
we had an open agreement that if you couldn't take it, you shouldn't dish it out. We both understood that, and we had great fun with it, as Janet and I did with our deal with the uh, hat over the years. And uh, you know, he he loved his baseball and he loved his catfishing. I know he loved his motorcycles, and and uh, he was all about good times and making sure that everybody else had a good time. Uh, occasionally, it was at my expense, and that was okay because it was wrong, you know. But, uh, you know, he, he is sorely going to be missed. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're going to go ahead on with the show now. Um, our topic on fish patterning. Um, we're hoping to have Jody Beaven on, like I said earlier. Uh, we're having a lot of technical difficulties. He has an iPad and, and just the, the connection. You know, we got him on earlier. Looked like it was all going to work out, but... Um, he might still get on here tonight, so we'll we'll just try to go on without him. And if he jumps in, we'll just we might come back in and, and chime in on some things. But um, as far as the topic of fish patterning, um, Chuck, what what would you say that you do to pattern the fish? Do you do you actually actively try to pat keep them patterned, or do you try to pattern them when in, you know like a week or two ahead of a tournament or? Uh, how do you go about it? Uh, well, you know, I I try to uh, you know just kind of think of the season, seasonal patterns first off. Um, you know, I I kind of see what you know, I've seen them do in the spring, um, pre-spawn, uh, you know, during the spawn, post-spawn, um, you know, when during their regrouping and when they're all scattered, um, and and then you know when they you know, move back into their, uh, you know, wintering patterns um, up until, you know, the spring uh, migration type stuff again. So I just start with, you know, what type, type uh, you know, the time of year it is. And, um, you know, I, I go with that. You know, we talked about fronts a lot, uh, you know, small little pressure changes, which, um we we went through a very small one night before last, and I could see a big difference, um, you know, and everybody's um, fishing around us. You know, I talked to guys at the ramps and everything, and, um, you know, everybody agrees that the beautiful bluebird sky days, uh, it's just hard to get on them for some reason. <clears throat> but on, on the uh, pattern, um, uh, you know, Especially this time of year, they, you know, they're they're trying to re, you know, they should be through regrouping from, you know, being scattered uh, all summer after, you know, getting through with a spawn and feeding back up and getting their energy back and, you know, right now is when they're really starting to fight real good and they got a whole lot of energy, uh, you know, putting a lot of weight back on. <laughs> so before before you go on, uh, let's see if we can't help everybody. With a little bit on the on the four basic seasons: spring, su uh, summer, fall, and winter. What would you say the um, what would you say their pattern is if if they have one? And do you think it's different from place to place, or or like say for you know starting with spring? What's what's the pattern you normally think there is? Like the you know I'm talking a basic pattern. It might not be exactly where they're at, but like if you're just going out on the water for the first time in spring. What are you What are you initially going to look for? Uh, you know, I look for them to start. Um, 
you know the the flatheads are going to start uh, getting very active again. When, you know when the water gets up, uh, you know 55, you know 60 degrees, then them uh, the flatheads are very hungry, and they start their um, you know feeding up real good for the spawn. Um, and then the, you know the blues there, you know they've been grouped up, and and from what I've seen in my fishing experiences, they kind of I've seen them group up in, uh, you know, kind of size groups. You know, you'll see uh, 30, 40, and 50 pounders kind of together. Sometimes you'll see, uh, you know, 50, 60s, and 70s around around the same areas. And then you'll you'll see locations where you'll have 20 pound and unders in certain locations. And uh, you know, by seeing some of these fish, especially on the Tennessee River, uh, you'll know why. Blue cat don't want to be around one of them because it could probably make an easy meal. Um, so you know, in in the springtime, uh, you know they're they're kind of uh, moving more into a migration uh, and, and heading up river. Um, you know, so I, I like fishing below the dams and, and stuff like that because they're starting to move up and uh, you're getting a lot of rain usually in the spring and. Uh, usually have a lot better currents, um, you know, if not flood stages in a lot of places. And, um, you know, a lot of the bait fish are moving up in those locations also. And, you know, wherever the bait fish are, usually the fish are going to be. Um, you know, so I usually fish, you know, up closer to the dams and stuff in the springtime. Um, it seems like the blue cats want to just head up, head up the river and then, when they hit the hit the dam or as far as they go, then they turn around and just start covering an area, feeding, and you know try to find spawning grounds. Uh, you know after they reach those points, um, you know not all of them you know go up river. A lot of them go up tributaries or you know even you know hang out in locations they're at. They you know they all don't act exactly the same, but. The majority of the, the fish that uh, uh hello there's Jody hey 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 I made it all right well I guess we can start over a little bit we're not too far in we got Jody on here um yeah Jody uh we're just now starting in the fish patterning and I know that we did the pre Monsters on the Ohio video with you. I haven't got that video out yet, but on that video, you were sitting down telling us about how you've been going out and watching the fish, basically, and they, they were moving. Um, you were patterning them in and out of the river. There, I guess they were in the same area, but they were just moving further out towards the middle or for, further or closer to the bank. Uh, what can you tell us about what you were looking at when you were out there? Well, I was telling you on uh, on Wednesday pre-fishing, I found them in one spot, and then Thursday they moved to a different spot, and then on Friday they had moved to a totally different spot. So, um, you know, during the tournament, when when I got to where we where we caught all the fish at, I wasn't marking anything, but I told Trish I, I hope they're in the mud. You know, with the front that came through, and uh, they were in the mud. You know, they uh, they were they were down so far you couldn't really mark them on the depth finder, and uh, we just kept the baits right on the bottom. 
uh, as we were drifting. That's a that's a different point that I'm not sure I've heard too many people talk about. Now with that front, you were saying that uh, you were thinking they might have gone to mud. What what makes you target mud when a front comes through? Well, a lot of times people think they go to structure, which you know to me they do, but. Um, I always, everything I've ever read always told me that during a front like that or in the high pressure that the, the, they'll go deeper than normal, um, you know, and they'll, they'll go flat to the bottom and they won't be suspended. And I, I don't know why that is, but it seems like on the big fronts like that, the, most of the fish that I catch, they'll have mud on their belly, you know, that you can tell that they're on bottom. And, and a lot of times on these fish finders, you, you know, it's it's hard to tell what's a fish and what's not when they're flat on bottom like that. Yeah. That definitely is a, a, something where, you know, all the technology advances that they've had so far, it doesn't do nothing if, if the, you know, catfish is sitting right on the bottom. I mean, they have to have a little bit of separation, and sometimes you can look on, you know, you look at your uh, down imaging, you'll see a little bit of separation where there's nothing between whatever you're seeing on there in the bottom and you can say oh that's definitely a fish if there's you know it's not, not just floating there you know right. but the um the the cold front or that yeah I guess it was a cold front it's about 10 10 degree change and you were seeing it I guess in the Wednesday Thursday and Friday that you were out pre-fishing would you almost would it almost seem as if they were making their way to that specific hole that you found them in well, actually, <clears throat> the the three spots that I fished, well, the my my Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday spots, which was my A, B, and C. Um, on Friday, I switched it up and really fished C first. Was going to fish B second, uh, and then A third. And somebody was sitting in B, so I fished C, and then I skipped B and went to the the A, the the where I found them on Wednesday. So. They were actually still there. Um, they were just harder to uh, to find, really. You know, they, they uh, on on Wednesday and Thursday I could see them on the depth finder. Uh, on Friday after that front, I couldn't see them anymore. But we just stayed stayed at it because I told her if you know if they're here, we can do good. And uh, they ended up being there, but we wasn't really marking them on the on the depth finder. Um, you know, we would. We would drift down through, and there'd be, you know, every once in a while we'd see a fish, um, but mo majority of our bites, the depth finder was empty whenever we, our, our rods went down, and usually, whenever we're fishing, I can see the fish before they bite. So, um, the, these fish were down, you know, pretty, pretty close to bottom. So. What made you, did you, I mean, was it the fact of the cold front or something that made you decide that even though you don't see them on your fish finder, you think they're still there and, and to put down or, or like on other occasions, would you normally uh, have to have to see something on your fish finder before you decide you're, you're putting the pole out there? Well, on Friday, when I got, when I got home Friday, I told Trish, I said, if these fish are there tomorrow and we can get them to bite, we'll, we'll end up doing good. Uh, so when I got there, I didn't really even look over the water. I just, uh, you know, it was a, it was probably a 25 mile run. So w when we got there, we just, um, we dropped the trolling motor, dropped the rods in, and we just started drifting. And that's whenever 
you know, we we drifted about half of it, and that's whenever I was noticing I'm not seeing any fish, and that's when I told her I, you know, I hope they're still here. It's not looking good, and about that time, you know, rod goes down. So we we drifted that spot five or six times, and we never we never drifted it without catching a fish. Until the end, we drifted it twice, and we didn't catch a fish, so we decided to move. Okay. So I mean, um, we pretty much had a plan, and we had to stick to it. You know, we went too far to not mark fish and just not fish it. I, I wanted to fish it just to make sure, you know. Yeah. They were there or not. Now we got a question uh, on the chat that asks, "How deep were the fish that you were finding on Saturday?" I uh, found all of them between thirty and thirty-eight feet. Thirty to thirty-eight foot, and and a mud and a mud bottom. Now, was you looking um, when you were looking at the bottom and stuff? That mud bottom show up differently on your fish finder than than a hard bottom. Uh, yeah, there's a different color on it. Uh, you know, my hard, my real hard bottoms are red. Yeah. Uh, I use the hummingbird, and you know, when it's like if it's rock or and things like that, it's real, it's a real hard red return. Uh, but you know, I, I know that area. So I mean, I knew it was mud. Okay. Now, did you go up river or down river? I went up. Up river. Up river. Mhm. Mm okay. Um. And you did you say that you drifted the entire time, or did you anchor up at all, or? We drifted the entire time until after I caught the big fish, and once we caught him, uh, we didn't catch that fish till around two o'clock. And I looked at her, and I said, we, you know, we had a good live well full of fish. And I told her, I said, our biggest concern now is to keep these fish alive and healthy. So we went and anchored up just so I could uh, start pulling fish out of the live well and put a tape measure to them, uh, you know, make sure I've only got five in there, you, you know, just going over my basics to make sure that I had the, didn't have, you know, more than two over 35 of, of one species and, and, uh, just make sure they were healthy. I didn't want to be running with all them fish in there, and so we we, we went and anchored up, and uh, we sat in a spot for about an hour, or well, for about 30 minutes, and uh, we didn't catch anything. And so we moved to another spot and anchored up, and uh, really just killing time. We were ready to go the way in, but we didn't want to get back too early, and uh, we anchored up. And within five minutes, we caught two more fish. So, now that 57, that was a 57 pound flathead, wasn't it? Uh, 53. 53 pound flathead. When you caught that flathead, did you think that was going to be big fish, or did you think there was going to be a blue brought in bigger than that? I figured there would be something bigger than that. Yeah. Now, uh, now was, me and me and Lyle, go ahead. We, I looked at her and said, "That's not going to be the biggest fish of the day, but he's going to be up there." So. Yeah. <laughs> Did you catch that flathead on live bait, or did you catch him on a? What'd you catch him I on? I caught, I caught him on skipjack, on cut. On a cut on, skipjack on, or live skipjack? Yeah, actually, on on a big head. Big old head. Is the only fish I, on I've that not, I caught on the head all day. I've not done real well on uh, on flatheads with cut bait. I, I just, I don't know if I'm not lucky enough, or I, I've never done it. I've heard a lot of people have, but. The uh, I know me and Lyle and Chuck were talking, you know, and, and when we were talking about the new rules regulations down here with the with the two over thirty fives on the flatheads and things, and 
and Lyle was, uh, you know, pretty, uh, you know, he asked me, he goes, what's, he goes, is it really a likelihood that there'd be more than two flatheads over 35? I said, it's not a likelihood, but it's definitely possible, you know? I mean yeah. the flat the flatheads in the in the area they're all right I, I wouldn't say they're in huge numbers or anything, but um, you know it, it it definitely shows that they're there that the big fish of the tournament ended up being a flathead out of the monsters on the Ohio with 136 boats. So yeah, I mean it, you know to be honest, I don't see very many that big. Um, yeah, I you know I. I did know the flatheads were biting. I caught two or three of them pre-fishing around 20 pounds each, um, and they were all drifting. The um, it seems like in the last year or so, and I don't know why, but um, a lot of you know Aaron Wheatley and a, and a lot of other people around here have been catching a lot of flatheads drifting, and all we use is cut bait. So it, it just uh, I, I really don't know. I don't know why, but it seems like we've caught more in the last year than we have in the last five years. We have Christopher Parker in our chat that's ask, asking a question for you, and I'll let you answer if, if you have an answer to it. But um, his question is, when a front moves in, do you like to move up river or down river or any, or, no, or is it more just about where a spot that you think, you know, has has a type of structure or something that does good in, in a front? Well, to me, in a front, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for structure. But I also like deep water. Uh, a lot of people like shallow water in the front, but I, I like deep water. I, um, the the more that I've read about read about it is the the cold front doesn't affect the fish in the deep water as much because they're already so deep. It's already cold. It, they're not getting as affected by it as much as the fish that are in the shallower water. So those are the fish that are moving, you know, you know, to the structure and things like that. But um, you know, I, I'm like a lot of people. I, I only get a fish when I can. So whether it's a front or, you know, I I'm out there in it. You know, I wind or whatever. We, you know, I only get to go once a week, uh, once every other week. So, you know, I'm fishing a lot of fronts and things like that around here. So. Now you did say that 32 to 38 foot was the type of water that you were catching fish in. So mm -hmm. that would. That would tell me that to you that that was deeper water. So the average water in the area, what would you say that was? Twenty, twenty-five foot. Yeah, around here, uh, there's not a lot of deep water, you know. Uh, so around here, I'm considering thirty foot. You know, thirty to forty foot of water is deep for for around here, you know, because there's a lot. Well, you you guys have been down here. There's a lot of eighteen to twenty-five foot of water, and uh, so anything over thirty is deep to me. Yeah. So, so for new people getting out on on a river or something that you might not be uh, real accustomed to, you know, you might not think of, you know, uh, uh, if you're if you're if your main water depth, if you're traveling, and most of the water depth you're looking at is 20, 25 foot or something. So when you get somewhere and you happen to see a 35, you know, you're driving over, you know, cruising speed or whatever, you start marking 35 foot of water. It might be a good idea to slow down and sort of see what you're looking at there because you might be what's considered a hole for the, for that stretch of water. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and if you, if you can, uh, you know, that's what I, when I fish new water, especially if, if I don't know the area and I'm going to drift, I'm going to try to find, you know, 30, 40 foot of water and I'm going to try to find a, a section that's kind of long. That way I can drift 
you know, in that amount of water, and if I can't catch them there, then I'm either going to go shallower or I'm going to go deeper and uh, just try to find that pattern. Or you know, are they in 50s, 30s, 40s, 20s? Um, you know, it just uh, a, a lot to it when it comes to pre-fishing, really. Well, I can tell you we got a lot of guys in chat, so a lot of guys want to hear what you have to say, you're being you're the big old monsters on the Ohio winter. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to see if Chuck and uh, if Lyle got some questions for you. If not, we can. I'm sure I can think of more. <laughs> okay. Chuck? How you doing, Jody? Congratulations, man. Well, hey, thanks. I better get the other half in here because I couldn't have done it without her, so I better bring her in here. Hello. Hey, Hello. how you doing? Good. All right. Congratulations, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, has he bought you a pretty pink pole from Lyle yet? No, he has not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh, that needs to be next on the list. Yeah, I, I got Leanne one last year for her birthday. It's got her birthday and everything on it, and uh, she, she sleeps with it beside the bed. <laughs> It is not to go with the other poles. Um, now my yeah. daughter has a pink pole. He Jody bought my daughter a pink pole before he bought me one. Yeah, there. Um, yeah, Lady Luck is. Uh, I really believe in it. Um, it's helped me out a lot. Um, uh, Jody, when y'all were uh, when y'all were fishing the uh, the you know the mud. Um, you know, drifting. Was you uh, what what type? Was you in a flat, or was you trying to uh, hug close to uh, uh, you know the small secondary or primary ledges, or uh, you know, was you control drifting, or was you just uh, you know drifting across the flat with the wind, or how was you controlling your boat and stuff when you was going about your uh, drift? Well, I also think in a front like that. You should slow down. Uh, so we, you know, we had the nose pointed upriver. Uh, the wind, we, we were right in the wind, but it, it was actually blocked off there, so it wasn't, the wind wasn't too bad. But I was ha I was slowing the boat down to about 0 .4, uh, 0 .4, 0 .5. Um, we 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 kind of went a little bit of everywhere. You know, we were out in the channel and we caught fish all day. You know, uh, our first drift, we put two fish in the boat. Uh, we went back up. Uh, it was only probably a 200, about a 200-yard drift, two or 300 yards, and we drifted down, put two fish in the boat. We came back up. Uh, I had the GPS on, so I was going right back down the same line. Uh, put a couple more fish in the boat. Uh, went down and had a bite, but no fish in the boat. So we, we moved closer to the bank, drifted down through there, and had a double. Um, you know, we were actually catching them there, close to the bank. Uh, ledge out in the channel, uh, they were they were just all down through there. But you would only catch one, and we had you know one double on on the 300 yard. We'd have to go back and start over, and and uh, as soon as you thought we wasn't going to get a bite, we'd have a rod go down. And uh, so we fished it until they just was not going to bite anymore. That's Trisha that's with you, right? Yeah. Now, they're saying in chat that that's the brains of the team, just to let you that's know. That's right. That is exactly correct. They are right. <laughs> she pointed where to go, and I went. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they they see what you overlook a lot of times. Oh, yeah. 
I told him to stick with me and he'll go places. <laughs> well, I, who can argue with that? Look what you guys done. <laughs> Have you uh, already paid your entry fee for next year already? Oh, yeah. Vote number one. Are you? All right. Yeah. I heard that. Okay. Um, when when you was uh you know you said you was fishing very close to the bottom was you uh was you uh dragging your baits to where your rod tips were bouncing all the time uh how was you trying to position your bait where you was getting their attention down there well um i worked pretty hard well we both did but whenever i drift i don't sit down uh, I, and i don't i saw a lot of people drifting around us that's uh, what we were talking about at, once we started catching fish, we noticed all of a sudden we had four or five boats right on top of us, <laughs> and we probably drifted for three more hours, and we we caught a total of nine fish there, and we never saw another boat put a fish or a, yeah another boat put a fish in the boat, but we noticed a lot of people were just sitting in their seats drifting, and you know I told her I don't understand what they're doing because I'm running circles in that boat, you know I'm. I'm dropping rods all the way down because the water would go up and down, but once a rod tip moved, I'd give it a half crank, just keep it up off the bottom, but we just, we worked it all day long to keep it right there on bottom, but I didn't, I didn't want to drag, I didn't want to get it hung up a lot, so we just, uh, just constant circle moving the rods up and down. Was you Carolina rigging, or um, how'd you have your rigs hooked up? Um, I never used a Carolina rig. I, I used to be all I used, and, and uh, I don't use it anymore. Um, uh, I think I had three different rigs. I use uh, one of them, I believe, was just a three-way, three-way swivel, and then I used that drop looper rig. Um, and then the other one is more of my anchoring rig, uh, where I've got my swivel on my main line, where it can slide up and down, and I got about a foot leader to a sinker. Uh, so my my sinker sliding up and down the, the main line. I was using that because I just put them out there. I was going to anchor with those rods, and I thought, well, I'll just, uh, instead of switching it out, I'll just try it and uh, caught majority fish on that rig. So, When you got out there Saturday morning and got to your first spot, I know I know why you was on the move. You could tell the current was up, but when, when, you, first, when you got to your first spot um, and, and you was getting your rods out, did the current surprise you in any way being uh, – a lot more than it was on Friday, or was you? Um, uh, I actually liked it, you know, because uh, we don't get a lot of current here unless it's winter time or, or something like that. So usually the fishing gets better around here when there's current. Uh, so the the more current, the better for me. I, I like walking baits. Uh, I didn't have any luck walking baits on, on during that tournament though, but uh, that that's my favorite way of fishing. We just didn't have enough current for me to walk a bait. So, uh, but I I like the current. You, you didn't uh, have to uh, redo any rigs after you got out there by having that much current, or did you no. did you already have enough on there where you was prepared when you dropped it? You was satisfied with what you had on there? Um, yeah, I was using I had five ounces, and uh, then one rod had an eight ounce sinker on it. And believe it or not, uh, you know it's the little things that we learned. But the one with the eight ounces was going straight down. The five ounces was going just a little bit behind the boat. But I caught the majority of fish on the one with the eight ounces. The same rod probably caught seven fish. That's good. Well, congratulations, guys, and I'll pass it on to Lyle. I'm sure he's got some stuff for you.
And uh, all right, thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll be there next year with y'all. All right. Congratulations, you guys. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you must have really hustled out of there after that tournament. I looked all over for you and couldn't find you. <laughs> we were wore out from sitting on that stage being nervous for two and a half hours. Uh, yeah, I can see you just kind of squirming in your seat. She seemed to be handling it pretty well, but you was pretty nervous. Yeah, I was a nervous wreck. Well, I don't you know, know if you noticed, but I never left that seat. I, I know. If I get up and leave, somebody's going to take it from me, so I just <laughs> sat there the entire time. <laughs> I wasn't giving it up. I don't blame you. That's uh, It's hard to get to that spot, and when you get it, you don't want to turn loose of it. When you guys was uh, was was pre-fishing, was you looking specifically for the mud stuff, or was you trying to find structure and find the fish on the on the mud? You cut out on me, Lyle. I say when you was pre-fishing, was you specifically targeting the mud, or was you looking for fit, uh, structure and find and found the fish on the mud? I was actually just looking for fish. Uh, Period. You, yeah, I was just looking for fish on, on my depth finder. I, uh, I finally got down to where most of the time I can tell if it's a catfish or not. And... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even on Friday when I found the, you know, the spot that we, we fished, um, I dropped lines. You know, I, um, I know a lot of people, they, they'll just go over a spot and, and they won't drop any lines. But I did drop lines because I wanted to see, you know, it doesn't matter if they're catfish to me if they're not going to bite. You, you know, so I dropped lines and, and uh, actually couldn't get them to bite. They, they wouldn't bite Friday for me. I, I caught one. Um, so when I caught that one... I still had a good feeling. Uh, I came home and told her if, uh, you know, those fish are there, they wouldn't bite today, but tomorrow's a different day. And if they bite tomorrow, we'll be good, you know. So uh, we just, you know, got lucky. And when we got there, um, you know, I knew where they were, but they, I guess they were just hungry that day because they, they bit like crazy for us on Saturdays. So. Yep, that's awesome. That's a great day. You guys had a really good time. Um when when you guys was out there, was you too, was you worried about people getting to your spots or you know I know you said that there was somebody in one of the places, but was you concerned that people would find those fish other than you? Yeah, yeah, you know I was, and I told her, you know, uh, we we have one of the, you know, we're lucky enough, you know, our boat's pretty fast, and uh, we were like number seventeen, so I told her, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of people that get there before us, you know, uh, and. Hmm. It's you know it was such a big stretch. I had found fish up above them too, um, so you know I told her if somebody's in that spot, there was fish above them. Um, we can go up there, but luckily when we got there, there there wasn't nobody there until about an hour later, and then and then there was a lot of people there. Right, right. Yeah, I and mean, if anybody's seen you with them uh, or seen you catch any kind of fish at all, they're gonna be right there on top of you before you know it. Uh, that's part of it, though. Yeah, it is. When you get that many people, uh, that many teams in a tournament, you know, uh, it's kind of hard to keep that stuff uh, to yourself, especially if there's very many around. It just seems like that they'll just kind of suck to you like a magnet. But uh, yeah, because uh, it, you know, but it, it worked out because we, uh, when we were left there, we were going to another spot, and I, I told her, I said, we'll go here. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to find this spot. And I'd pre-fished it for three days and had been around it for three days and never saw anybody on that spot. So I told her, I said, well, nobody's going to be on our next spot. 
And lo and behold, we turned the corner and there's a boat anchored up right in it. <laughs> and uh, so I told her, I said, well, we'll go to we'll go to the other spot. So, and thank God that happened because the the last spot's the one that produced the flathead. So if if somebody hadn't been in that spot anchored up, we probably never would have caught the flathead. Well, I'm uh, I'm assuming that those flatheads were feeding up for winter. Um, to you know, I don't know how it is down there because I don't uh, I don't fish for flatheads necessarily when I come to the Ohio River, but it, it appears to me like uh, they was all out just like blues, just feeding and gorging up, uh, not holding next to the structure from what I'm finding. Uh, that big fish, there was no rhyme or reason why he was where he was. You know, um, we it was open, no structure, 30 foot of water, um, not even close to the bank. Uh, I, I've caught a lot of fish there in the last two or three weeks, and nobody really fishes it because there's not nothing there, you know. And so I drifted it a few weeks ago and caught some good fish, and I've caught fish every time I've fished there, but you might catch one or two, and, and that'd be it, so... We, uh, we went to that spot, started drifting, and I told her, we probably drifted 30, 40 minutes. It's a long stretch, and, you know, I told her, I said, these this fish are not here. There's nothing on the depth finder. We haven't had a bite in 40 minutes, and it wasn't five minutes later, the rod was doubled over, and it was that big flathead, so I don't know what he was doing out there, but I'm sure glad he was there. But you know, and I understand that's what happened. I don't, I don't know how you feel about it. To me, that's just a little bit strange. But you know, uh, if it's working, uh, who am I to judge? You know, I'm just happy that you got the fish, and congratulations on a job well done. Yeah, you know, there, there was only one thing uh, that that spot where I was at has a lot of grass that grows in the water, and I know that attracts the bait fish, and and. Uh, I, you know, I caught him probably 30 feet away from that, and that's the only thing I could think of is maybe he's up there with the bait fish and things like that. Um, but I don't know. You know, he could have just been out taking a swim. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, I had some current for once. Had no current in uh, three weeks, and he needed some current, and he was going crazy. Yeah, that's right. Are you done, Lyle, or you got any more for him? I think I'm done, but I can't think of anything else. He's pretty much covered everything and uh, and done a, w a very well job of it. The uh, we got some more questions for you on on the chat and stuff. I know that Aaron Wheatley said that that he considered that a good down payment on the fishing lessons. And, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, oh, I'm sure. I think Aaron had my money spent before I got it. He said that last time that you went out that you know you you had to show him how it was done again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this past weekend, yeah. He, yeah. He don't like to talk about that. <laughs> but uh, he, he did ask if you were bounding down. <laughs> no, I was not <laughs> bounding down. And Ron Streeter asked what size weights. I think you talked about that already. You said five, uh, and uh, your eight ounces. What was catching most of the fish there, right? Yep. Um, you know, and and uh, it's it, like I said, it's those little things because I kept telling Trish I don't know why this fish, this, this rod's catching all the fish because, um, you know, it it had the same bait on it, same everything, and it just kept catching fish. And then I thought about it, and I was like, the only thing I could see was an eight ounce sinker versus a five ounce sinker. Now, now out of curiosity, would the rod with the eight ounce sinker did it happen to have a lighter action tip on the pole or? 
Yeah, yeah, it did. It was a, um, uh, it was one of the bottom dweller rods. I've noticed that my poles with the lighter action tips do better than my more firm tip poles. Yeah, it, I, I, I like the firm ones a little better when anchoring, but you know, I, I like to have a little bend to it whenever, uh, not too much. I don't, you know. Well, I don't like yeah. the tip of it being in the water if you got an eight ounce sinker on it. Yeah, yeah. With a drift, that's what I was meaning. That the the lighter tipped action, you know, the, the more actiony poles seem to do better on the drift. Mm -hmm. Um, we got another question from Ron Streeter. He says, "What size hooks and type of hooks and things like that were you using out there?" Uh, Adot Gamagatsu. Oh man, you're so lucky. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You haven't been watching the show, but man. I'm I'm done with them. I made out Gamakatsu's. You know, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't have a hook preference really, but I've always used them. You know, I think everybody started using Gamakatsu's. Uh, you know, it just seems like everybody's used them. Um, and I hear all these stories, and so I've changed hooks several times. But me and Ben uh, Ben Goble, the, the you know my fishing partner that we I usually fish with, he he hates Gama, the Gamakatsu hooks, but you know, when we get, when we sat back and look at it, I have never missed a fish like, like you know, I've caught several 40s and 50s in these tournaments, and, and uh, I've never lost one at the boat, getting to the boat. I mean, I, I, they've always hooked up good for me, but I hear all these bad stories from everybody else, but uh, it seems I guess to be I'll a use reason. them until, do I? It seems to be like here recently in the past year uh, is where I'm hearing a lot of the new reports and things that like have happened to me where they're breaking and they're breaking right behind that barb. Uh, so I don't know if something yeah. in the manufacturing has changed recently. Uh, but you know, like you, I mean, myself, many other people, we've always used Gamagatsu's. We love, you know, I mean, I love the the diameter of them. I, I I've not had too much problems with them. Um, and then, you know, I, I just felt like all of a sudden I started missing a lot of fish and I had, I had a decent fish up in the upper pools up, up towards the North Bend, uh, Cincinnati, you know, in that area. And I had something that was probably only 30 pounds or so, but I, I had him pulled up all the way to the back of the boat and that was when he just popped off. And I thought that, you know, the, the hook had just came out and, and I didn't realize that it actually broke that barb until I started to bait it up and, uh. And, that, and since then, even like Casey Tudorow, uh, he was just on not long ago. He said he uses the Gamagatsu 8 dots, and then he just got done telling me at Monsters on the Ohio he had a couple hooks, a couple of those hooks break on him. Uh, Jason Malone, they've had they had three hooks in a row of the Gamagatsu's break on them. Uh, well, that's probably because Casey's catching a hundred pound fish, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be. <laughs> but uh. You know, and and I'm with you though. Uh, me and Adam Winder fished the, I think it was the Sea Arc a couple years, two or three years ago, and he, I had Gamagatsu hooks, he had Gamagatsu hooks, and he, I watched him break three of them on seven and eight pound fish. Yeah. Uh, we'd get the fish in the boat, and they would, uh, and they would flop, and and the tips right behind the barb, like you said, would snap completely off, but. You know, it hasn't happened to me yet, but if it does, I'll I'll throw them all away and buy something different. But you know, it hasn't happened yet. So. Uh, my my suggestion, and from you know, I've I've actually bought, and I went out right after I lost the fish in the tournament. You know, I went out and I spent about sixty or seventy bucks at 
bottom dwellers on, on just a bunch of different hooks. And a lot of what I'm liking right now is uh, the Team Catfish double actions and the Charlie Brown. The, yeah, the, uh, the Charlie Brown hooks. Yeah, uh, I've heard a lot of good things about the, the double action. Uh, ben uses a hook, it's called, uh, Vision is the name of it. It's a pretty good hook. Um, and then I, I also like to try those ones that Brent Riddle uses too. What is Brent Riddle using? Do you know the name of them? Uh, they're the Eagle Claw. Uh, I, I don't know. I have to look at a text. He told me on a text, and uh, they're a sea hook. Yeah, he uses the uh, the razor sharps in the tournaments and the L twenty twenty twos when he's out uh, recreational fishing. So they're they're about the same thing. One of them's just uh, one of them's just you know razor sharp and more expensive. Uh, uh, they they got about the you know the same curvature and everything. They're just uh, a lot sharper. Mm -hmm. uh, Vince Nadoski says, uh, "Great job to both of you guys." Thank you. Thank you. And let me see if I see any more questions in here. Jason A Acock asks, "Did Jody? Did you have to use your paddle?" <laughs> I knew as soon as you said his name. Uh, I'm just glad Trish was fishing with me and not Aaron Wheatley. We'd have never made it back to the boat ramp. I, he would have broke something. So. <laughs> now Aaron asked something about losing a prop, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... Uh, Christopher Parker, did you, did you overlook his? What did he ask? Uh, he, he, I get, he said any sense. I guess he was wanting to oh, know, yeah. uh, was you juicing up baits or uh, spraying anything on them or, uh, you know, rubbing mm -hmm. them down with anything or anything like that? No, not at all. I, I mean, I just, uh, shad and skipjack is pretty much all I use, some live bluegill. But, uh, you know, I, I don't put anything on them. You know, I just... Uh, I just like them fresh and, and bleeding real well, you know. So. Now, the skipjack that you were using, was it ever frozen skipjack, or was it all stuff that you just caught recently? Or I used both. Uh, I had some. I had a few fresh, uh, not very many, and we went through those, and then uh, we had frozen that was just caught a few days before the tournament, and uh, it was just as good. And In fact, me and Aaron used that... Uh, Yesterday when we went out on the Green River and we thawed it out and I mean it it bled we, we caught some good fish yesterday and and uh, you know it was pretty good it was all vacuum sealed so it it was good bait. Now on the tributaries you're talking about going to the Green River and stuff. Um, you know I think we talked on the phone a little bit about it. Do you start noticing like right around this time of year when the when the weather starts cooling? Is that when those tributaries really start to to produce? Well, the Green River, um, we don't never even start fishing it till about now. Um, there's usually no current in it, and it, uh, we, you know, you, you can go out there and just you can fish a week straight and never catch nothing, you know. So, but soon as this, uh, soon as we start getting current, and there's current in the Green River right now. Uh, uh, me and Aaron went there. We like going there because, you know, it was. Saturday it was like 20 mile an hour wind, but on the Green River it's like it's two mile an hour wind. So um, we went out there and we spot locked and caught fish. I walked, 
behind the boat and caught a 30-pounder. Um, now all the way through winters when the Green River is good. It's, it's not good. I mean, there's fish, I guess, that can be caught, but we don't never fish it till the winter time. So. Yeah. Do you have to go pretty far into it right about now or any time, or is it normally good just about anywhere you go? Uh, the spots we got, you know, we, we, we ain't going three miles from the boat ramp, you know, where we put in at, and uh, Green River's full of structure, you know, the we caught our fish yesterday in 45 foot of water with trees bigger than my boat on the bottom, you know, okay. Saturday, I'm sorry, not yesterday. Now, uh, after the tournament, you know, did you guys decide once you had, uh, seen all that money and stuff what what have you bought so far catfishing or fishing related did you get a new boat did you get some new poles or reels or what what the money go what go towards there uh it's still in her purse it's still in the purse <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's still in her I, purse. I have been told that there's going to be a new fish finder bought so yeah a uh, fish finder that's what's on the agenda there yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get into a new hummingbird that way I can put my 1198 on my rod rack. I, I want one back there that I can watch whenever I'm drifting. So, so you know, going, he doesn't want to turn his head. If so. you've got the 1198, that means you're going somewhere like the Onyx, then, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to put an Onyx on the dash and I'm going to put 1198 on my rod rack. So, that Onyx, I know that there's been a few, uh, you know, technical or I, I'm guessing it's software related issues, but it's nothing big, nothing very huge right now. Um, but, but from what I've seen, man, the images on that Onyx and the things that it can do and how, you know, I mean, it, it's a pretty looking machine. I'm hoping to have one on my boat next year as well. Right. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I'm not real happy that they don't, you know, you can't connect the Onyx to the 1198. I don't know why they did that, but so i got to run two transducers, but part of it, it's no big deal. Yeah, they, it will connect to the 1199. I don't know what, I mean, they just... I think it's I think what they did in the in the 98 and the 99 series is they changed the connection uh like the port types in the back and mm -hmm. that was I don't know if it was like an analog to digital kind of thing or or what the whole reason of changing it was uh but I believe that's that's the only reason is that it's 1198 so if you had 11 any of the 9 series will connect to the the Onyx I believe right well she won't let me buy two of them so yeah, <laughs> you can always get. You could get. You could probably get a pretty good money, uh, penny out of that eleven ninety eight, and then, you know, just have to spend a couple hundred on that ninety. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they said they took the um, when they went to the the nines, they took the uh, the ro remote monitor outputs off the back, so you can't run remote uh, monitors on them. I talked to the guy at the boat show. He said, uh, "We we never have anybody complain about it." I said. Uh, there's a few cat fishermen who have actually ran remote monitors, like you were saying. You want something in the back of your boat, uh, you know, you could run a remote monitor and hang it back there and actually run it to your 1198 with RCA cables. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but they they took that uh, they took that uh, remote out uh, away on the when they made the 99s. Right. So another another change that they made, uh, just just so people know, since we're talking about it, the 98 series to the 99 series, uh, that white circular uh, GPS puck that normally came with like the 98 series or or the 8 series, I guess, um, they don't have that anymore in the 9 series. They 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 put an internal GPS system in all the 9 series. 
so you don't need that. I, I, there's a lot of people that have said that they'd rather have that GPS puck and they'll buy it anyway because in your settings you can go in and you can tell it if you want it to connect to an external GPS puck or, or the internal GPS. Right. But, uh, so you say, like, for, for as far as where you were fishing at, and I know, you know, you hear a lot of people say there's, you know, 90% of the fish are in 10% of the water. Um, now, is there just basically, you know, 10 general spots that it doesn't matter what's going to happen, that's probably where you're going to fish at in that stretch of river? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, I think everybody, whenever they're fishing their home water, they, they've got their spots that they've caught good fish and they've caught fish at. And, um, they, you know, they always go to those spots. And um, I was just lucky mine panned out because a lot of times it doesn't, you know, and that's why out of, you know, people from out of town do so well because they don't have spots, you know. So they've got, they're going out and finding the fish to where, uh, you know, somebody like me for a long time was just relying on spots that I'd had before. And, if they wasn't there, then you just didn't do any good. So, you know, this tournament, um, you know, was probably the hardest I've worked to pre-fish um, and and go outside my box a little bit and go further than, you know, normal. And, you know, I got that new boat, um, you know, that new Sea Ark. And so, you know, it's real reliable. And before I was just, I was worried to go too far. I was afraid it'd break down and things like that. But, you know, uh, now I know I can go as far as I want. So it just... Uh, you know, we did a lot of work pre-fishing, you know, put a lot of hours in. I mean, um, Wednesday I got on the water at 6 a.m. and didn't get off the water till about 9 o'clock that night. So, and then turned around and did it again Thursday and turned around and did it again on Friday until the meeting. So, was you trailering, was you trailering any, uh, you know, you know, pulling your boat up river and, and putting in or was you... Uh, leaving from the, uh, the the city ramp every time and running up river. Um, Wednesday, uh, I just I leaving from English Park there at the city ramp, um, and then Thursday I left from the city ramp, and then Friday I went ahead and uh, trailered up to where I was going and just put it in up there. It was pretty nasty on Friday. Yeah. For, for yeah. a long for a long nice boat ride, it wasn't very pleasant. Yeah, and luckily, I, where I trailered too, I wasn't but a couple miles from where I was fishing, so, um, you know, I, I, I just didn't want to go through the rain and everything. Wasn't no point in it, really, so. Yeah. I did have a correction on, on the Onyx and the 1199. Apparently, the uh, the Onyx will only connect to the Onyx or to the Ion. It, it doesn't connect to any of the 11 series or, or below, so I apologize. Yeah, the 1199, you connect to the 1198. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, as far as the fishing again, um, I just had another question for you, and I'm trying to remember what it was now. Um, oh yeah, the uh, the Sea Ark boat that you got, and I know a lot of people, um, you know, I I guess you have two advantages, and there's a lot of people that say. You know these these guys with these big you know boats with fat you know fast boats with big um, gas tanks. You know they they have a real advantage for being able to get to all these places. But then again, myself, you know I, I'm like I just said talking about how you know you have about ten places that you know of that you're just probably going to go. 
that that's more of being a, a local or actually even not being a local but being on the water a lot that i mean it really that's probably the biggest advantage is, uh, is knowing um you know where these spots are at even if they're far away i guess that's the second advantage is having that boat that can get there but i i think the biggest advantage to to most people fishing a tournament is going to be knowing the waterway what would what would you say about that oh yeah time on the water is what's going to you know make you great at what you're doing you, you know it uh, you know, and the people that come down here, uh, me and Aaron were talking about this Saturday, you know, it's going to be hard to win this tournament with 136 boats in it on people who come down. And not saying there's nothing wrong with it, because I know people's got to work and people's got families, but if you come down on Friday uh, or you don't pre-fish at all, it's going to be hard to come down here and do this against some of the best fishermen there is, you know. And, you know, they're, uh, you, you got to put a lot of time on the water, uh, you know, we fish this river all the time, and up here, and on any given day, we can go out and not catch anything, you know, so, um, we were talking about how this Ohio River around here, it'll fool you, because it'll look like a lot of good water, but it's not good water, you, you know, so that's what's bad about it, there might be spots around here that look perfect, you're, you're going to catch a fish there, but you'll find out there's no fish there, you know. Yeah. That it does make it difficult, but I mean, I I do tell people, you know, for the guys who who want to come fish it and and you know might not have the um you know the time or the experience on the water, you know, it it still can be won by a guy that just has his bait in the water somewhere. I mean, them fish do. Oh, move. absolutely. Yeah, yeah they're moving from spot to spot, so you can be in the right place at the right time. And oh yeah, I mean, and there, and there are you know and. I'm kind of going back on what I said, but there are some fishermen out there that that can get on this water, and you know it might take them, you know, two or three hours to find the fish, but they're liable to find the ones that can win the fish in a matter of two hours of catching them. So it's anybody, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, anybody can win, you know. I mean, uh, but you know, the people that work the hardest have got the better chance. You know, put it yeah. that way. You know, the people that are on the water the most are going to have the better chance, but that doesn't mean that, you know, somebody can't go out there and, and win. So. Yeah, and, and conditions also. You know, that front, that was a challenge for everybody. And, uh, you know, a lot a lot of it had to do with skill. You know, um, a lot of guys may have pulled out some old granddaddy's secrets and, you know, tried some, some old school stuff. and uh, But, you know, you know that was a real skill test uh, during that front. You really had to, uh, you know, give it your all. It wasn't no, you know, just drift out and and go lucky and you know sort through the dinks and and you know pick out your big ones. It was it was really hard fishing all day. You know. Yeah. Um, so, you know that I've never seen so many good fishermen in my life come back and say I didn't even get a nibble. Um, you know, and they were on good fish earlier in the week. It was just, you know, all touch and go. Um, you know, you you just had to give it your all, and a lot of people did give it their all, and it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, and and it seems like, uh, you know, I was telling Aaron, almost every year on this monsters we end up with a front like this, and I don't know what it is, but it always happens. Cause you it's know, on uh, Saturday. Well, I mean, 
every every Friday. <laughs> so yeah. if we had, if you had on a Tuesday or Wednesday, it'd be perfect every time. So yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Now I know that like you know you look at some of the past years and and you see these guys that are they're consistently in the money. To me, that is that is very very impressive. I mean, like you were just talking about with 130 something boats coming just about every year uh, to be consistently in the top 10 or something like that. That that really shows, you know, what you're saying with having a, uh, you know, having the time on the water to pre-fish, having a general, you know, good uh, basic knowledge of, of the catfishing and what to do in certain in situations and, and I guess the ad adaptiveness that you have to have with cold fronts and current and and all the conditions that can be changing on a daily basis. I mean, that's just absolutely impressive for the guys that have been doing that. And I mean, I know that Casey Tudorow was one. Um, was it uh, Kearns? Was he up there uh, for two years? Dale, Dale Kearns is unbelievable. You oh, know, I know. <laughs> I, I fish against him uh, probably 90% of the year. When we have our small tournaments or anything like that, I'm having to fish against him, uh, which makes me better, you know, because... Uh, very seldom does that man not catch good fish. You know, mm -hmm. you know I mean, he, but, uh, you know, I'm good friends with him, and he's been doing this. Uh, I can't remember if he told me 30 years, you know, 25 years, that he's been on the water catfishing out of his boat, and he used to keep notes of where he fished, what time, the barometer, everything. So, I mean, he he's one of those that has paid his dues, and, and uh, he's just... He's just good, you know. It's uh, and there's a handful of them like that, you know. Tudoro, um, I don't know what them kids do, but man, they're tough, you know. Yeah, and then Brent Brent Riddle, he's he's a force anywhere in the country. It don't matter what body of water he goes on, he can fish in a mud hole and bring in the limit. Yeah, Brent Brent is uh, really good too, you know. Um, he came out of nowhere, you know. It's uh, you know the the Massingales, you know people. You know, and, and that's what motivates me is whenever I look at people like that, uh, you know, I, people, a lot of people say it's luck and this and that. And yeah, I'm, there is luck to it, but nobody's as lucky as Dale Kearns, the Massingales, Tudorow, Brent Riddle, you know, and I could go on and on and on. Uh, it's not luck with those guys. You know, those guys are, are skilled. Now, and you, may, you know, you, you said something that, it, it, a lot of people might not think of it that way, but it's probably absolutely true. And the fact that you said that fishing against, you know, Kearns and the people that are of that caliber have made you a better fisherman. Uh, you you look at like you know myself. I played billiards. You know, I played with nothing but like master beard players. Uh, I'm not a master myself, but I'm I'm probably pretty good to the to the average player. And that's only because of the people that I was playing against. I mean, you, you either have to adapt and get better, or you're just a rack boy the entire time, and nobody wants to be the rack boy the entire time. So Yeah, you know, you, know, and, um, you, uh, you got to think outside the box a lot. You know, I, when I first started doing this, and I ain't been doing it that long, uh, maybe, maybe five years, I guess. Um, but I used to bug Dale Kearns and them to death. You know, I mean... Uh, I used to wear him out, call him every night, and pick his brain, you know. And, and I'm sure there was a lot of things he didn't tell me, but the things that he told me, I'd go out and, uh, you know, I could be fishing and call Dale. He'd be at home, and I'd say, hey, here's what the river's doing. This is where I'm at. 
he would tell me where to go fish, and lo and behold, I'd go start catching fish. You know, he it's just how he was. So he he's just really good at it. Yeah, I was gonna say what what's been your experience in 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 your learning process? How how like have you had a lot of people that have just uh, spread misinformation or gave you misinformation, or do you feel that maybe people will give you half of what you need to know and let you figure out the other half, or do people pretty much give you everything you need and, and you're going out there and just picking up on it? Uh, it just depends on who you talk to, you know. I mean, some people, you know, and and, I, and sometimes I'm the world's worst, but I just don't care. I mean, I'll tell anybody anything they want to know, and I'll tell them the truth, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter to me, uh, but there's some people out there that I know, you know, that they're not telling me the truth, and that's fine. You know, it's part of it. It's fun, you know. I mean, uh, you know, I'll have people call me during the – tournament and ask me if I'm catching anything and and I'll be like no not really and they'll be like no I ain't caught a fish all day and then an hour later they bring 100 pounds to the scale you know you know they didn't catch it in that last hour elder (laughs) elder (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's all fun and you know you you learn who you can talk to and who you can't and you know uh, but you you know you you're just going to learn by trial and error you know that's all there is to it time on the water and figuring it out. You have people tell you that they got a hundred pounds in the tank and then they show up with nothing too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we hear that a lot too. I'm alone. I'm alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You start fishing. Oh my God, they got a hundred pounds. What's wrong with me? And you start busting your butt and they show up. Well, I don't have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I had Jason. Jason was telling me he had like a 18, 20 pound channel cat. I'm like, you got a 20 pound channel cat? Nuh-uh. And then he sent me a picture, and I'm, I'm like, you just zoomed in on like a four pound channel. <laughs> <laughs> but so you got how many years have you fished the monsters tournament? Uh, every year. Every year so far. Have, is this the first time you've placed or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done uh, and. What's weird about it is every year I catch good fish pre-fishing and nothing come tournament time. And this year I didn't catch anything pre-fishing and I, and I did good. You know, so I, I don't know what, you know, it's, uh, you know, me and Ben had a good year this year and, and we had a good year last year, but it just seemed like local. We, we couldn't do a lot on this stretch, but, I mean, we could. You know, I mean, we won that Henderson Cabela's this year. Uh, of course, that's that's not too far down river, but, uh, you know, we placed in the top ten of about every tournament we fished but one. Um, I just I just think we're learning more every year. You know, Ben did real well. I mean, Ben got uh, 12th, I believe, and he missed a big, you know, he had a big fish come off at the boat, so, you know, he would have been right up there with me if uh, he hadn't lost that big fish, but. You know, there was a lot of people in that tournament that just had bad luck, too. I mean, I, I heard three or four people lose some big fish. So, Do you ever see yourself locking through, or do, do you really believe in your pool, and do you see yourself fishing in that in your pool every year? Um, I'll lock, you know, I'll lock through. We, we locked through during the uh, Sea Arc tournament this year. Uh, we, we locked through at Newburgh. Uh, we didn't do real well, but we did lock through. I mean... Uh, the good thing about Ben and me, uh, and Ben Goble is who I'm talking about. That's usually who I fish with. But he fished with Rusty in this tournament, and he always has. So every year in the Monsters, Ben fishes with Rusty Vore. And uh, I'm fishing with Trish from now on. That way we can keep keep doing good. But 
<laughs> I'm lucky enough to where I live up. I live up here in Owensboro, and Ben lives over in Mount Vernon, Indiana. So Ben lives real close to the Newburgh Pool, and I live close to the Owensboro and Upriver. So Ben will pre-fish there, and I'll pre-fish up here, and then we'll kind of just compare notes on what you know on what who's catching. So awesome. Aaron Wheatley says, uh, "Tell the champ that me and Frog Legs are coming for him." For you and uh, Gobel at the Candleton. So are you guys are you guys coming to that ICA tournament I take it on Saturday? Oh yeah, we'll be there and I pray to God Aaron Wheatley does not beat me. <laughs> because I'll never hear the end of it. Who's Frog Legs? What's what's Frog Legs? What's his real I name? I don't know Frog I can't remember Frog Legs' real name, but that's who Aaron fished with uh in the Bass Pro in Owensboro and I think they ended up getting third. Uh, he's a real good guy from, uh, I think he's up in Indiana, northern Indiana, but he always comes down and, and uh, fishes with Aaron, and, and they have a real good time. Uh, so, yeah, me and Aaron's, we, you know, we went out fishing Saturday, and just, I know Aaron's watching. I caught four, and Aaron caught zero. Uh -huh. And uh, so I've been giving him crap about that, so he said he's going to get me back this weekend, so. So I told you it was that your winnings was a down payment, uh, his down payment for them them fishing lessons. <laughs> oh yeah, like I said, Aaron had that money spent before he gave it to me. He already told me everything I need to buy him. So, now, are you fishing? Are you fishing that Candleton or the ICA tournament with uh, Ben as well? Uh, on that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Me and Ben will fish it, and and uh, we'll. Uh, I think that's Saturday. Yeah, Saturday morning. So that ought yep. to be a good tournament. You gonna lock through, or are you gonna go back down to to where you uh, caught those fish at for monsters? You know, I don't know. I'll have to check the conditions come Saturday. Uh, you know, I, I wish the tournament was right was yesterday, really, because the water's up and yeah. it's it's leveled out. But by this Saturday, it's going to be dropping. So uh, I, I'm not a big. I don't like fishing the water on a drop. Uh, I don't. Either. I mean, I, I don't care to do it, but you know, I'd rather fish it when it's up or going up so yeah uh, I don't know I know Aaron will lock through so we might just chase him around all day and and uh, tie off to him and mess with him all day I don't know yeah. well does uh Rusty Morris is, there, is what Aaron said his frog legs that's his name yeah Rusty, Rusty. I, th I guess the third I don't know he put a three up there so. <laughs> there's no telling all right does it in the tournament um, uh, Chuck or Lyle, you have anything else for them? Uh, really, I don't. Just congratulations on the win and uh, a good job, and uh, we're real happy that you guys uh, hit that that first place win. It's a, it's an awesome that's an awesome job that you've done, and a, and a, and that was definitely the time to do it. That's a great tournament to to be the to be winning at. Yeah, it couldn't have worked out any better, and I'm glad I got to fish it with Trish here because it was, uh, you know, what once we won that, and I, you know, I think she's I, she's always loved fishing, but I think she's a little bit more hooked than what she was. You know, she's ready to go right now, probably. So heck yeah, that's what you, that's like like Chuck said. What you got to do is get her a black horse custom rod. Go buy like right. a a seven thousand or something. Put it on there. Have her her own rod that has her name on it. And get her out there with you, and well, you know, we we me and her don't get to fish a lot. She works weekends too, and and uh, I'll, I'll go fishing while she's working. We got kids and everything, but uh, 
just about any time she's went with me, I don't think we've ever not caught fish. We, you know, uh, we ain't <laughs> never had a day like we had Saturday, but you know, we we always catch fish together and we have a lot of fun. And and uh, I wish I had a video of her trying to dip net that big flathead. <laughs> and we we were both in panic mode. It was crazy. So yeah, I seem to do well when I fish with my wife as well. I think yeah. we we fished uh, we finished in second place. Uh, one of the first tournaments of the year was 140 boats. It was that little catfish tournament, little channel cat tournament up in uh, uh, Hoosier Energy, Turtle Creek. Yeah, the Turtle Creek Hoosier Energy tournament they had. And out of 140-something boats, we got second place. And, you know, I, I do I do pretty well when I fish with my wife as well. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think it's a little less pressure. So. All right, well... Um, like they've said, congratulations to both of you guys. That was an amazing job. Um, great fish that you brought in. Um, do you guys have any sponsors or anything that you'd want to say, you know, thanks to or anything like that? Uh, no, I just, she's about the only sponsor I got. I just appreciate her. You know, she, she backs me 100%. And, and uh, you know, if I want to go fish, I go fish. I wanted a new boat. We bought a new boat. Then we had to buy a new truck pull the new boat, so, yeah. you know, uh, I just uh, appreciate everything she does, you know, as far as uh, backing me 100% on doing it, so, uh, but awesome. no, we don't have any sponsors or anything, so. All right, well, like I said, congratulations, um, hopefully next year I'll, uh, I'll follow you around, find some, oh yeah, that's what I was going to tell you, I know what I was going to tell you, I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you watch this show very much, but I do know one thing for sure. Uh -huh. You were you won because you were in my spot. Oh yeah, you were in my spot. <laughs> hey, do you do do you remember asking me on the pre on the pre show? You one it was either you or Lyle asked me what I thought the big fish was going to be. Uh huh. And I told you between fifty and sixty pounds. And I think Lyle said, "Isn't that a pretty big fish for around here?" And I said, "Yeah." And then Fudd, you asked me. Do you think you're going to catch it? You know, talking about you, and I said, "Well, I hope not, because I plan on catching." <laughs> I thought that I thought that was pretty neat that we got that on video. So. Yeah, it, it'll make for a good good pre pre uh, uh, pre fishing show. So, hopefully, I'll have that done here soon and get that out for everybody. I've well, actually watched the unedited version of that, and it is pretty good. Uh, uh, even the part that where it looks like Aaron Wheatley's flying through the. <laughs> I mean. The whole thing's pretty good, and we could actually probably play it without editing it. But once it's edited, it'll be that much better. Hey, right. and, and we do appreciate hey you guys in this show. It, it's really cool, and and uh, you know yeah, I've watched a bunch of them. I watched the Mass and Gills, and I watched Brent, and uh, I watched the one last week, and uh, you know it, it's pretty cool what you guys are doing. Um, you know this show is pretty neat. There's a lot of good info on here. You know so. We're, you know, hats off to you guys too. And, uh, Lyle, well, sorry you. about St. Louis, buddy. St. <laughs> Louis. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I let that go over my head. But with everything went on yesterday and last night, I'm I'm not really clearly thinking. I, and and to tell you the truth, Jody, um, my head is not really feeling well after wearing that damn Cincinnati red hat all week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just feels like my head, my head's just been squeezed all week. Oh, I bet it does. 
but Janet enjoyed it, and uh, you know, you, you agreed to do something, you pretty much got to do it. So it, uh, we had a good time with that, and and uh, they had a good season. So uh, it is what it is. We'll go for it next year. That's right. All right, I guess we're going to go ahead and uh, get the show closed out. So I'll start it off with Chuck. If you want to, anything you're going to close out with? Uh, yeah, I just want to say uh, congrats, Jody and Trish, and thanks for uh, coming on the show. If it wasn't for you know fishers like y'all, we wouldn't be sitting here right now having fun. So uh, y'all come join us any Monday night that y'all can. Get on chat and uh, you know just join like, right along with us. Um, Yes, uh, this coming Saturday, Alabama Catfish Trail is having our final um, tournament of the year. It's uh, the 25th from 7 to 3 on Neely Henry Lake. And uh, the director has uh, carved in stone. We are going to have a tournament on Wheeler on January 3rd. Uh, he went ahead to announce it, let everybody start getting getting planned out. Um, the only thing in the rules that he's let me know for sure is we're going to allow three people in the boat to help with expenses. So um, I think it's going to be a great time. Uh, I think the third would be a great day. That way some four-day weekends may be possible to some people. It depends on if they can get off work or not. Um, and a lot of people like coming down that time of year. So um a lot of people's come up to us and said, won't y'all try to put a tournament together sometime during the winter so everybody can get together and get rid of that wintertime blues. So, uh, you know, we're going to call this our first annual and hopefully it'll do good. And, um, you know, every year Daniel, you know, can put this thing on for everybody to come down and uh, enjoy themselves. I might try to make that. that, that that's all I got. Chris. All righty. Lyle? Uh, I just want to remind everybody uh, the 25th and 26th, which is this Saturday and Sunday, Twisted Cat Outdoors will be having a two-day year-end tournament in Keokuk, Iowa. Uh, $200 entry fee if you fish one of the tournaments throughout the year, 225 if you haven't. 50-boat uh, entry, if we get 50 boats in it, first place will pay five grand to win. So, uh, Call the Super 8, get your motel room, come on up, uh, join us for the tournament. Uh, going to be some great weather. They're talking about uh, 75 uh, for several days there, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, something like that, uh, Saturday. So uh, it ought to be some good weather. I know there's some guys catching some fish up there. They're kind of hush-hush about it, but they are catching a few. So uh, be a really good time. Jody and Trish, thanks for being on the show. Congratulations on the win. You guys was awesome up there. Enjoyed uh, seeing you set up there with Aaron, even if he did give you a bunch of crap. But uh, that's what happens <laughs> when you're in that position. And uh, uh, you all you all done us proud catching those fish. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I, I got one more thing to say. Um, you know, Lyle went over at the beginning of the show um, that we lost uh, Ronald Workman last night. Um, I just and um, if you know if, if anybody needs anything I'm here um, that's all I got to say y'all have a good week and we'll see y'all next week Jason Acock, Rob Clodfelder, Chris Parker, Aaron Wheatley um, all these guys tell um, Jody and Trish congratulations on their win um, so I want to make sure that I let you guys know that they've all said that in chat. 
Um, also, uh, the ICA has their final points tournament of the year um, this Saturday out of Candleton. I believe the tournament hours are like 7 to 5 or 7.30 to 5.30. probably want to be there a little early. Um, you do require a membership. Uh, membership is $25 or $20. I think it's 20 or 25 I don't know. Somewhere like that. Um, the um, the tournament cost is $60 per boat. Uh does require that uh, each person of the boat, if, if neither of them are ICA members, both have to have that $25 membership fee. Um, so... Also, they are not following the 35-inch rule. They're gonna, they don't put their rules into effect until their business meeting. So every year, probably the end of this year, when they have their business meeting for the for the next year's rules, they'll put those rules into effect. So it will be six fish, six whatever fish you can bring in. So if if you can get into the good fish, you can bring in 200, 300 pounds. If you got a live well that'll hold it, keep them alive. Um, on Sunday, they'll have their, their classic. It's our points classic. Uh, you do have to have had to have fished six of the eight tournaments, points tournaments, to be able to fish the classic. Uh, so I look forward to being at both tournaments and hopefully uh, doing well at both. I'll probably be down um, Friday, Thursday night, Friday morning. I'm not sure yet. Be down there and checking stuff out, getting bait or whatnot. So if you see me, say hello. Um, also... You know, for the advertising, we still have advertising spots available on the website. Uh, you see where they're at, how much it costs, says it right on there. Uh, thanks to all our current advertisers. Um, I do believe Aaron Wheatley has committed to a year of advertising on there for um, it, so I'll probably get that sorted here shortly. So uh, thanks to Aaron for becoming our newest sponsor on there. That's very uh, nice of you. Uh, also, the forums, we have our catboard slash forums. Um, sign up on there, register, uh, start using them, getting some content in there, you know, say hello. Uh, also, do have a super fan package that's only 10 bucks. It will give you lots of perks, uh, double entries on all the contests we have. We still do have the contest going on for all of this month and all of next month to go out on a guided trip with Gary Turner and Gone Fishing Adventures uh, down in Georgia. That's a full day guided trip, a $350 value. Um, so all you got to do is go over to his Gone Fishing Adventures Facebook page, uh, like his page, look for the contest photo, like that contest photo, post a comment in it, and mention Catfish Weekly. Uh, you do that, you're entered in the contest. Like I said, if you're a super fan, you get two entries into it. So if you haven't done that, do that. Do it, do it soon, so that way you get it all done. Don't have to worry about it. Um, I believe uh, that's all I have for now. And tonight I'm going to change it up a little bit, and I'm going to say, Ron, rest in peace, buddy. And you saved my spot for me, all right? All right, bye. <laughs>